Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Is the U.S. government coming closer to revealing what it knows about UFOs? Is NASA's revelation this past week about a new life form a step toward disclosure? What do members of Congress think? Hey there, and welcome to the 196th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Benino. Oh, we're coming up on our 200th show. <laughs> and then, I'm Ben, and all those loaded questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Well, before we introduce our guest, I want, of course, to, wi- uh, to uh, wish everyone a happy Hanukkah. It's um, well into the feast and almost over, but uh, it is that time of December, and very happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish friends and listeners. Uh, all right. It is, of course, uh, contest time. Oh, yes. It's that magical time of the week. In what year was the Toad Man reported in Lancashire, England? And that was last week's question. And the winner was Kathleen O'Donnell of Smithfield, Rhode Island. And the answer was 1793. A very odd story. And frankly, I have my doubts about its authenticity. It comes from a supposed newspaper column written in that period from a local newspaper, and just as a, not that I've been a journalist since the 1700s, but there's just a certain thing I learned about in, in the history of journalism, or the style, and uh, but about which it's written, and some of the spelling uh, may be okay, but I, I don't know, I have my doubts. But anyway, the Toad Man supposedly was some kind of a mutant who would turn up around the mill pond in Accrington in north-central England, and apparently didn't care who saw it. All right, so, well, this week's question is a little bit different. When when aren't the questions a little bit different? (laughs) So in what U.S. state is the famous paranormal hotspot Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah, you think you can handle that? Call us locally at 401-766-1240. Or from anywhere in the U.S. at 800-449-1240. If I don't announce a winner during the show and you still think you have a shot, drop a line to me at BennettBehindTheParanormal.com. And the winner will receive a copy of UFOs and Nukes, Extraordinary Encounters at Nuclear Weapons Sites by Robert Hastings, one of our recent guests. Uh, making his first appearance on Behind the Paranormal this evening is Stephen Bassett, a leading advocate for ending the 63-year government-imposed, quote, truth embargo, unquote, regarding an extraterrestrial presence engaging the human race. Steve is the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group and the political action committee XPPAC, I guess, XPPAC, or XPPAC, as we might say in Rhode Island and the executive producer of the X-Conference. His work has been extensively covered by international media. Uh, I remember recently he was uh, president of the National Press Club for the uh, UFOs and nukes uh, presentations that were presented by various military officers, uh, one of whom was our friend Colonel Charles Halt from our Rendlesham series. There are many websites uh, which you can find out more about Steve, uh, primarily www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. That's P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M researchgroup.org, uh, www.exopoliticsworld.net, and these are all posted on our website. Um, facts on, facts, F-A-X, on Washington.org, x-conference.com, contact2010.com, 2010 spelled out, and xpac.org. Steve, sorry. Thanks. <laughs> Steve Bassett, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Paul, Ben, it's nice to be with you. It's great to be with you. I understand you have a birthday coming up, so happy birthday a few days in advance. Yes. 
I'm afraid I'm at a time of life when those those are not necessarily welcome events. Tell me about it. Yeah. Okay, we got a lot to talk about tonight, Steve, and uh, let me just give everyone our, our call-in numbers. And if you'd like to speak with us or, or Steve Bassett this evening, uh, you can call locally uh, in this area, 401-766-1240 or 800-449-1240 nationally. All right, so on Coast to Coast AM this past week, you said that some of the next WikiLeaks revelations might be about UFOs. What's the latest on that? Well, I'm assuming, we're assuming, of course, that your audience knows about WikiLeaks. Okay, um, well, go ahead, and, and, and I was going to explain it, but go ahead. Yeah, um, WikiLeaks is a phenomenon of some significant importance. It's it's not a simple thing to, to uh, get, get into, but let's just say that uh, it's the first major, uh, I think, effort to directly confront the the secret complexes and the uh, the operational secrecy that has become standard within government now. Um, this is one of the great ironies of the 20th century in that uh, we had an incredibly expensive Cold War between what would be an open country, a democratic country, and a totalitarian state uh, in order to uh, prevent that, the latter from... Uh, imposing its will on the former, but having won that war since that time, uh, massive secrecy has only increased in the West and is now a threat to democratic republics. In other words, uh, they have found the enemy and they are them, right, <laughs> to quote Pogo. Um, and there has been almost no significant movement countering this. Uh, the secrecy reform movement has been barely room temperature uh, from the get-go. Uh, the Federation of American Scientists have had a kind of secrecy project for many years, and they put out a regular news letter, email letter, uh, kind of letting you know some things that are happening. Uh, there have been a few very lukewarm attempts in the United States Congress to address this problem, but overall there is no anti-secrecy movement of any significant note. Um, WikiLeaks is the first opening shot, I believe, uh, is the opening shot in what will be a counterinsurgency effort. It's going to be messy, it's going to be ugly, uh, and probably unpleasant in other ways. So uh, this site, which is now four years old, has probably, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know how to describe it, uh, I've never seen a reaction by the United States government to anything like this. Uh, it far exceeds the, Ells the Ellsberg uh, papers, which were significantly damaging and a significant event, significant event, really were small compared to what's happening here. And, of course, the reason it's huge is because of the Internet. The Internet has changed everything. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so this isn't 19, early 1970s when Dan Ellsberg released what he had in his files from working at the, at the Pentagon, along with the release by the, the, the New York Times and the Washington Post. This is a massive, coordinated, systemic effort to provide an outlet for uh, classified, secret, private correspondences that may reflect abuse of power on the part of companies, corporations, I mean corporations, government, even religion. It's coordinated through multiple countries, we secured multiple servers and mirror servers. It has funding. Uh, 
it's really quite an amazing project, and it has the powers to be absolutely petrified. Well, does it? I, I, I don't know. I, I have questions about this whole thing, Steve. I don't want to get off topic here, but uh, for anyone that doesn't know, the WikiLeaks has been in the news in the past few weeks, or the past few months, uh, releasing uh, what are supposed to be classified, really, diplomatic memos. And uh, I'm, see, I'm sure you know more about it than I do, Steve, but from what I've seen, uh, I don't see anything particularly earth-shattering in any of these memos. You know, the, the king of this place uh, wears army boots, or you know, the, or, or somebody says that you know somebody uh, is is uh, kind of silly or, or doesn't take this issue seriously. I, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be all that earth-shattering to me. I mean, it's maybe. like an embarrassing Christmas photo of the American government, basically. Yeah. What are well, we missing here? Are we missing. Well, what something? you're missing is that you're you're not. You, that is simply the latest uh, release of thousands of diplomatic communiques. Okay. The, the WikiLeaks has been releasing material for four years. Uh, well, I didn't know that, so, so much for my... <laughs> much right. of that material has, has caused significant problems for various entities, though by and large it was not huge news. Uh, Assange emerged out of Australia. Um, his history is interesting. You can, you can find it on the Internet, Julian Assange, A-S-S-A-N-G-E. Yeah, the founder of WikiLeaks, right? He is kind of a unique person in a lot of ways. And he has made the decision, along with his backers and supporters, to take on virtually the entire global power infrastructure. Uh, it's unprecedented. And that's, that's, I'm providing this context so that our comments about the UFO issue have, have meaning. Sure. Now, uh, WikiLeaks does not become, though, a, he does not begin his ascent to worldwide status. Uh, until WikiLeaks receives the, the, the documents and information from uh, PSC Manning and the Iraq Theater. Um, now, understand, what they have published and what they have in their archives are not the same thing. It's not fully known what they have in toto. We only know what they have put out. Mm -hmm. It is that unknown Right, which is one of the things that has governments around the world extremely concerned. But he makes his major uh, guest debut as a world figure when he uh, puts out one of a number of encrypted videos that he received from Manning. Um, and this particular video, which is still up, is uh, which they had to decrypt, right? Uh, this encrypted video is of the incident in which our U.S. attack helicopters, gunships, killed about 14 or 15 uh, uh, Iraqis, including two Reuters reporters, in Baghdad. And it shows the event in full on camera as well as the audio of the gunship uh, uh, pilots uh, dealing with ground, uh, their ground troops. It's an extremely disturbing 36 minutes, and it upset the government quite quite a bit. Understandably. He has more of these videos, including the Afghan event, where we killed about 70 Afghanis, again, from these gunships, which have, I don't know if you have, know much about them, but they have guns shooting high-velocity, high-weight bullets that can virtually turn a person into hamburger. Yeah, I have some experience with that, unfortunately. Yeah, so... Uh, this is the kind of stuff that they have, and uh, the government's reaction is unprecedented. You have members of governments calling for his execution, his assassination. 
um, they they are calling for uh, draconian measures without trial um, and so forth. So uh, without getting into the, the pluses and minuses here, and their arguments against this kind of activity, I understand them. And this kind of thing could possibly result in some people being killed. Well, do you know Assange? I mean, what you're saying comes from, it sounds as though you're speaking, you know, firsthand. No, no, well, no, I, as a political activist engaged in a, in a worldwide global truth movement, you can understand that when he emerges on the scene, I immediately made an effort to try to learn as much about him as I could. Sure. This so, is a uh, major event going on here. What I'm trying to say is the emergence of WikiLeaks is a major event. Okay. Well, that certainly uh, it, seems to be the case. It is not over. Um, one of the things that WikiLeaks has done, and which has upset the, the, the states and upset governments, and, so, and, and corporations are extremely worried as well, there's probably more potential for, uh, how would you say, private documents um, uh, uh, addressing corporate abuse of power than there are government. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a vast amount out there that could start making its way, if it hasn't already, into WikiLeaks' system. Okay. And so you have corporations which are suddenly confronted with the possibility that they're not going to be able to get out scot-free with some of their activities. So um, th- this, is, this is the beginning of what I view to be the, the, the counterinsurgency movement against the global corporate power matrix that has come to emerge in the second half of the 20th century that is founded on secrecy, it is founded on the, uh, the clandestine um, uh, systemic approach, uh, and is rife with abuses of power, exploitation, uh, and is seriously corrupted. Not that there aren't good people involved, not that there aren't some of these institutions operating within within a secrecy matrix are, are, are necessarily bad or, or, or are all doing bad things, but the, the totality of this kind of governance is absolutely bringing democracy to its knees and causing incredible angst worldwide in which trust in institutions, in congresses, in parliaments, in, in media, uh, in religion are literally dropping like stones. Okay, well, uh, I, yes, that's true. We're going to have to move into the UFO context because, unfortunately, we only have an hour here. Sure. So, Steve, uh, please uh, proceed w- with that. What, what uh, do you have any information about what inf- what data will be released, or from which countries, or, 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 well, or what? Within this, uh, with that as background, we have been waiting four years to find out whether or not WikiLeaks was going to address the UFO issue, which is the number one issue in the world the most classified issue in the world, uh, with a massive amount of, of materials in the hands of multiple countries that have not been released. Some people think, oh, gee, all the stuff is being released. Please. Not even close. No. Uh, and we haven't heard anything. It's been silent. <clears throat> my, my, felt, my feeling was that WikiLeaks had made a, a clear decision that it was not going to go there right away, that it had enough on its plate and was going to generate enough heat that it didn't need to go into that area. Uh, four years out, finally, that issue has been raised. And what we learned in an interview given to the Guardian newspaper on December 3rd, this is an online interview, one of those chats, Yes. Uh, is that Assange did three things. One, he, he, he let it be known they are receiving stuff about UFOs and a lot of other things. 
a lot of which is fringe and silly um, and useless to them. There should be no surprises there. I mean, no one should be shocked at all about that. Um, and that for things to be useful, they need to have documents that are not being generated by the person submitting the material. In other words, people submitting their own documents is not helpful. And they need originals, or obviously as close to originals as possible. Mm-hmm. So we kind of set the bar there. I said, look, if you've got UFO stuff, you got you got to submit this type of, of these type of documents. Uh, and then he let the bomb drop, and that was that he let it be known that there is UFO references in in some of the communiques, and there are still several hundred thousand that have not yet been released. Which, in other words, what he's saying is there is UFO references in material we have in file. We haven't released it yet. Thus, he has put the world on notice to wait for that. He has, he has, he has created an enormous amount of global expectation there. But more importantly, he has now put the issue of this kind of operation uh, in a UFO context so that he has sort of flipped that switch and the invite is out to those who think they have relevant materials that they want to send. All right. Well, well let's uh, – well, Ben's got a question here that I think kind of cuts to the, to the center of, of what our issues are here because we're researchers too. But go ahead, Ben. Okay. Would do you do you think that the information would be more like the normal UFO stuff, like oh well this person saw this, blah blah blah, the government knows this about UFOs, or do you think it's something that's actually going to be like earth shattering, like completely different, like that the UFOs aren't like from outer space, that they're actually right next to us like all the time? And I'll ask my dad to explain what we think in a second. So would you explain our theory of the paranormal? Too? Well, I'm sure oh. Steve, Steve's familiar with the, with the multiverse theories, and uh, that's how we operate, and it works for yeah. us. And it raises issues about whether UFOs are from other planets or from other dimensions or both. You know, And how much does the government really know or, as opposed to think, and how much are they, are they attempting to use these? For, you know, There are all sorts of questions that arise we don't have time to talk about. Well, there's, several hundred, there's hundreds of thousands of questions. Absolutely. The vast yeah. majority of what do you the think? answers to these questions are not going to be... Uh, achieved until after disclosure. Okay, which not happen. leads us into the next part of the show. Uh, that's a big what, question. What we, are, what we are dealing with here is achieving disclosure. In other words, I'm involved in a disclosure movement. We are trying to convince the United States government to end the truth embargo and acknowledge the extraterrestrial presence. It's a simple thing. It's not complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not demanding that, that uh, initially that they that they say anything specific about these ETs. We're not saying you must tell us immediately what planets they come from, but rather simply acknowledge that they exist. This, this is the disclosure event. Um, so the question is, what, where is WikiLeaks in context here? Um, WikiLeaks is in the document release business, and so well, I have no idea what they have, what, but I, what they'll release if they stay consistent with their, their history so far is they will release documents uh, from various sources that reference the UFO ET issue. Now, in order to understand how important that is, you have to understand that the, the, the ET question, the extraterrestrial hypothesis, doesn't need WikiLeaks to prove it. It's already proven many times over. Mm-hmm. The evidence for the extraterrestrial presence, wherever they're from, another dimension, another time, another planet system, is overwhelming. It's not, in my view, even debatable, though those, there are those who would love to debate it until the end of time. 
it's a done deal. And so the issue is not proving it. The issue is, again, advancing the disclosure process that gets the government to finally acknowledge it. And so any references that turn up in any documents released by WikiLeaks immediately can be then hooked back into the vast matrix of, of research that's already been done for the last 63 years. It's reinforcing. But more importantly, WikiLeaks is now a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, all eyes are turned that way. All governments are watching it. All corporations are watching it. And so anything now that comes out in that uh, in, in the UFO context is going to be immediately seen, noticed, and commented on. True, yeah. Uh, so that that's, that's not the case uh, necessarily. I mean, we have all kinds of various groups that put out maybe a document or learn something and put it out on the Internet, and it doesn't go anywhere. Different situation here with WikiLeaks. Plus, it's, it's obvious that whatever they put out is going to connect the issue to some substantive person, some substantive organization, right, which then makes it, opens the door for media to go to those organizations and entities and appropriate people and ask them, what about this document? You see, the, the, one of the principal reasons the truth embargo continues is that of the tens upon tens of thousands of reporters out there, there are virtually none who are still are yet willing to stand up in front of an official and ask an appropriate question based upon information that we have and confirmed. They simply won't do it. It's roughly the equivalent of every reporter in the United States taking an oath that they will no longer ask any questions about the Iraq or Afghanistan war to any official in the government. Mm-hmm. And so week after week, after month, every meeting, every press conference, you would w- expect to see a question being asked. Nothing would be asked. And, of course, people would start to get very, very, not only interested, but angry about that. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly what's going on with this question. There are thousands of questions that could be asked of hosts of people, hundreds of people inside government, backed up by documentation and evidence, that should be answered. They're not even asked. WikiLeaks suddenly opens the door for those questions to be asked. This changes the dynamic substantially. Um, so, but WikiLeaks is not alone. There, there are other developments in this emerging counterinsurgency. Uh, the Internet, of course, we know there are a number of websites that are starting to go after, I guess you could say, abuse of power, abuse of secrecy, manipulation, whatever. Uh, some are better known than others. They have limited range. Right. But then you have the emergence of some television stuff, and probably the most notable is the conspiracy show by Jesse Ven- with Jesse Ventura. Uh, this, My I wife assume, loves it. Uh, yeah, this, I assume, was going to be a typical reality schlock show with a lot of hype, not much substance, uh, grab, a, you know, grab a few bucks from some advertising and split. No, that's not what it is. Ventura has apparently taken the bit between his teeth, and there is a story there as to why that may be the case. And he has, in just, in just the two first rounds, and I forget the total number of shows, I think we're up to maybe 14, gone after just about every, with the exception of the UFO question, which he's, like WikiLeaks, holding off on. Though we know he's taken some interviews on this subject matter, but they haven't put it up yet. Hmm. But he, like, like WikiLeaks, he is virtually ripping at every significant scab on every sore that the government has right now. And he's sticking it right in their face. Uh, it's remarkable to watch. I, I just never expected to see it. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the conspiracy show, 
which is on a limited view channel, Truth Television. This mm. is obviously not a major channel, though I'm sure it's probably going to increase in ratings. But you can bet your bottom dollar that this show is being copied to death on the DVDs and recopied and sent around, and it's being YouTubed and archived. Uh, it, it's developing a very, it's got a, a permanent afterlife, and they're not done yet. And so th- this is a real problem uh, for, for, for government and for institutions that are abusing power. What are they going to do about Jesse Ventura? Now, with respect to Julian Assange, their first major, the first move they made was to try to remove his Australian passport. They, but they did give that back to him. He left for Belgium. Uh, he travels around all the time. He moves constantly. Um, so that was the first move. Then he was denied citizenship or residency status in Sweden to keep him on the move. And then, of course, they made their, their major move, which is to pro- almost certainly try to frame him on two rape charges. Um, so th- this is serious business. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the one question one might obviously ask is how is it conceivable that Julian Assange is still alive? Because the standard procedure is you simply kill him. Uh, and I think that is a reflection of the Internet. It's a reflection of how quickly one can become very well known globally. It's a reflection of preparation on their part. But in the past, someone like that would have been murdered very quickly. That's it. Well, we have to take a commercial break now, Steve. Uh, we'll be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 AM and com. Stay with us. Hi, Rick Pickard here. The great sounds of rock and roll is back every Sunday from 1 to 4. Memory Lane will be playing songs from the 50s and early 60s. Be part of the great memories and sounds. See you there. Owen Radio. My name is Bill Bruno, and I would like you to join me and my friends every Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4, because the oldies are back on WOON. The Memory Lane Show, every Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4. Tell your friends that the oldies are back on WOON. Okay, we are back behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on uh, ownworldwide.com and W101 1240 AM in New England's beautiful Blackstone Valley. Our fascinating guest today is Steve Bassett, UFO activist. Now, Steve, let's get a little deeper into the question. And I want to ask you this. Why is there anything to disclose? You've, you've said very eloquently, and we certainly believe it as researchers ourselves, that, that the UFO question has really already been answered. It hasn't been answered in any depth. We don't still don't know what it is, but the, but the fact that something is going on, something is being seen in the skies, something is abducting people or seeming to do so, uh, we know that. But what is it that needs to be disclosed? And, and I should say it's not just what is it, but why does it need to be disclosed? What, if the government really doesn't does know anything, what are they afraid of? Well, this is the irony. We don't know what the government is afraid of because the government doesn't acknowledge there's anything even to to fear. Uh, in other words, we're in the dark. We're in the closet. Uh, the government's operating uh, in local parentis uh, as parent to us children. Yeah. We're simply not allowed to know the the facts of this, and we can only guess, surmise, theorize, speculate. 
and in many cases just chase our own tails and go around in circles. This is not the democracy that Jefferson had in mind no, sir. or any of the other founding fathers. And so it's dysfunctional and destructive. That's for opening. Secondly, um, the extraterrestrial presence is a fact. Um, the government's awareness uh, of it, the fact that it's aware of this presence is a fact. That the government has embargoed the truths of this or what it knows from the American people is a fact. And certainly as of the last eight to nine years, uh, based upon the amassing reports, the direct interaction between these, these beings and humans is a fact. These are four facts. These are the four fundamentals. Beyond that, we start to, 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 to fall off into degrees of probability. Uh, there are thousands of cases and incidents and theories that are out there, uh, but only those four things I have mentioned are fact, meaning they've been established. You need to go to a court of law on that. It's not even a close call. So after that, we have to assign degrees of probability. So do we know for absolute certainty they come from another planet system? No. Are the, is the likelihood they come from another planet system extremely high? Oh, absolutely. It's up in the 90s. There's a tiny possibility for, they're from time. There's a tiny possibility they come from other dimensions. There's a massive probability they come from other planets. All right, so we're dealing with fact, which means that, you know, and this is, I mean, no offense here, but the ET issue is not paranormal. It's normal. It couldn't be more normal. Well, all the paranormal is really normal. Uh, well, you know, one from one point of view, you're right. There cannot be any such thing as paranormal. All right, uh, the universe is what it is, and it's, right. it is normal. Uh, so, paranormal really means something different from what people think it means. It means we're narrow thinkers who can't see anything outside the human context. Well, it means that it means it means it, refer, it paranormal refers to those aspects of the normal which sit on the edges or reside on the edges of our understanding and perceptual abilities. In our comfort zone. Right. It's like, it's like, it's like seeing somebody come over the horizon uh, in a desert, and all you see initially is a tiny little speck. And until it gets closer, you have no idea what that speck is, what it wants, what it's doing, and so forth. And, and so the paranormal is, is those things on the, on the perceptual horizon of the human race. If we would look at it that way, instead of ascribing to it so much, um, how would you say, mystical and, uh, and uh, uh, I don't know, esoteric aspects, we probably would be more comfortable in general with this. Oh, yeah. So I understand that, that uh, the idea of ghosts, for instance, uh, where specters appear to people that may be of people who have passed away. This is, this is, a, this is something one can call paranormal and not feel too, too ambiguous about. And I appreciate that. But if in fact there are ghosts, they will in time be considered absolutely normal. I'm not, I don't have no idea one way or the other. I'm trying to say that ETs are not in the context of ghosts. Uh, they're not in the context of even out-of-body experiences. They're flesh and blood they are solid, they are real, they move through our space, they have agendas, they have activities, they have spacecraft, they have, they have uh, implements that they use. They are about as normal as a busload of tourists driving down Broadway in New York. Uh, they just are more advanced, more intelligent, and they come from somewhere else. And so this is important because I think by stripping away a lot of the mystery <coughs> and esoteric qualities of this, I think one can start getting a little more comfortable with this a little sooner, which is necessary if we're going to advance this issue appropriately. So WikiLeaks is part of a very normal process in which the state is being confronted 
on what is withholding. Information is withholding from its citizens. Um, and there is a range of things that the government withholds from us, a whole bunch of information. Uh, and there are, there are various movements trying to get at that information from multiple directions. Uh, this is just one of them. It happens to be a pretty important one. Well, let, let me nail a point here, Steve. Sorry to interrupt, but... Oh, it's just from what we can see at this point, the U.S. government couldn't organize a game of checkers and get it right. Now, how do we know the government really knows anything about UFOs? This all isn't some cover-up or something else. I got chased across the desert near dear old Area 51 just because I was there. It's, it's quite a story. But, I mean, something's going on there. But, I mean, all the evidence seems to be circumstantial that they know anything at all. I mean, what say you? Well, you know, when you make the statement the government couldn't organize a game of checkers, this is a statement. I hear this kind of statement often. Yeah, you know, it's... but it's a statement that ref, that, that re- reflects much more the frustration that people have with government and its inability to deal with them straight, its inability to let them know what's going on, and their lack of distrust than it is a racket reflection of government's capabilities. I can assure you, government in in uh, uh, which is not a monolith, but within within government of the major nations, they have exceptional capabilities. What makes you think it's the government? What, what? Because the documents and the witnesses clearly indicate that. Well, what if it's like larger than the government in itself, and they're just parts of it? Oh well, let's assume that it is. But the point I'm trying to make is: is the government are are not incompetent. They they they, they conduct ex- extensive operations. They, they effectuate huge programs. Uh, they, they're, they're capable of putting a space program and taking men to the moon. They have elaborate uh, uh, and very complex <clears throat> military uh, structures and organizations. They can conduct wars worldwide. They're not uh, stupid, and they're not incompetent. <clears throat> and I can assure you that with respect to the UFO ET issue, they have a highly sophisticated very well-established, massive program that has been funded for years to address this phenomena and to keep this embargoed from us. I hear you, Steve. And so it's unwise to to go there because that's not the case. We need to respect government for its abilities and understand that we have a formidable task in convincing the government and altering their policies. And so uh, they, they are able to, quote, contain this issue. They've done a masterful job of it. And, and and that containment has got to be reversed, so we we so that the disclosure movement is up against this structure, these multiple structures that exist in countries around the world, with virtually no funding, trying to change entrenched policy that's sixty years old. Okay, uh, it's not easy, but ultimately will will prevail. Okay, uh, now I respect that. You're, you're, I'm sure you're correct. It it just there's just something fishy. About all of this, now we're primarily "quote unquote" ghost researchers. I've been doing it for forty years, and only recently got into UFOs because we would run into UFOs in ghost cases. It's a long story. Um, is it possible that the government is giving us something we can grasp, people from other planets, to keep us in the dark about something we can't grasp? Uh, oh, it's certainly possible. Um, I call this the awful truth scenario. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 once upon a time, I was going to do a show. I, uh, Art Bell and I talked about my coming on to do a show in which we would he would raise all of the awful truths, the possible awful truths that are quote hidden behind this, and we would we would deal with them one by one. Um, 
the upshot of this is, is, is that the, the theory is, is that there's something so awful that elements of our government know about that uh, for our own good, they must can, can keep that from us. Mm-hmm. Not only do, 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 is it necessary for them to keep that awful truth from us, but they must keep a whole range of other things from us, lest we use those other things to get to that awful truth. In other words, they have to build a sort of uh, uh, you know, concentric rings of deception around the core awful truth in order to protect the awful truth from the people, lest we all go nuts. I mean, this, this is a theory that's out there. It can't be ruled out, right? Um, and and but the, the dilemma we have is this: the the, the truth embargo, uh, not only an ET issue, but in a whole range of issues, and the rise of secrecy as a fundamental tool of state, the state and governance, not only in, in quote diplomacy with other nations, which is which is also a problem, but in direct governance to the citizens, is virtually destroying the social contract in the United States and to some degree the social contracts in other countries. And so on the one hand, we have the situation where things are falling apart in virtually every direction that you look. And I say falling apart, falling apart relative to where we were and where we could have gone, right? We're obviously not at the level of, say, the 1100s again, but we're going in the wrong direction. That with all of that happening around us, we're being told that, well, we really can't do anything about that, and we really can't tell you what's going on because there's some terrible truth that you can't know about. Uh, and I got to tell you, if you look at government's actions in history, there is not much basis for us to even believe that. All right, for openers, meaning it, it, there's no reason to believe it. Could be completely false. Just a simple justification for being able to operate from a secret platform, which makes it so much easier for government to get away with everything it gets away with. But then I'll, I'll, go, I'll go deeper than that. One moment. And I've made this case before. We are a species of people living on this planet, which is our home, which we don't take very well care of. We're dealing with a whole lot of of issues and problems that are generations old, even thousands of years old. It's ripping us apart, right? And we are supposed to believe or accept that a limited number of individuals, not much better educated than, than most of us, certainly not brighter than than many of us. The the general population is filled with geniuses and absolute brilliant talent in every area of of human understanding. But this limited group who have narrow educations, primarily military, sometimes economic, uh, and and they get into the intelligence services, that these individuals somehow have the the spiritual and mental uh, strength and capability to carry this awful truth on their shoulders for us. Right, and to act for us, and to address this issue for us. But we, on the other hand, should we know it, would simply come apart at the seams. And that that is what we should accept, that we should not address what is the reality of this world as a species six billion strong, but rather we should have 5.999 billion of us living in the dark, clueless of what's going on, where a tiny few burden themselves with this terrible truth that they will then handle on our behalf. This is what we're asked to accept. Quite, and it's quite completely a unacceptable. Yeah. Are you following me here? Oh, yes, in, absolutely. Yeah. In, in other words, the idea that a limited number of people in government should, uh, should deal with this awful truth while the rest of us remain in the dark is fundamentally bogus from the start. 
It is an act of huge hubris. It is probably wrong strategically, fundamentally, tactically. It's a mistake on every level. And yet they, they want to pose that as the justification. There is no justification, period, for any state to keep from its citizens the fundamental nature of reality, whatever that reality is. A giant comet heading our way, soon to impact in a couple of years. A species of extraterrestrials that live 100,000 light years away that, 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 that view the human race as a delicacy, like, you know, uh, turtle meat that occasionally wants to come in and harvest some of us. You might be or, very surprised. <laughs> Whatever it is, there is no justification for the state withholding that from the rest of the human race. It is, it is against natural law, and in the end, it will fall apart and collapse on them. Whatever our fate as a planet and a species, it is absolutely essential that we meet that fate together as one and not being led by the nose by a cabal of individuals we don't even know, with purposes we don't even know, that have ascribed to themselves this massive responsibility they haven't earned and don't deserve. Well, I can't disagree with that. Uh, not to be the dead horse here, but just from a personal standpoint, whenever we cover UFOs on this show, and that's relatively frequently, whether it's on our CBS edition or here, mm -hmm. many times there's unexplained interference. Um, I don't know if you've... Uh, had a chance ever to listen to any of our Rendlesham shows. We did 14 hours on the air commemorating the Rendlesham UFO incidents of 1980. Mm -hmm. We just finished that up. But the first, we had to take it off CBS because it was absolutely, there'd be strange laughing. There'd be, you know, you wouldn't believe what we went through with that. Uh, weird military type guys coming to our house, strange vans sitting outside. We get threats, as do other researchers and broadcasters, probably you too. Uh, it's almost too obvious. Uh, could whoever this is be trying to draw attention to us instead of trying to dissuade us, meaning all of us, you know, who are in this field? Well, when, when did what was the period that you were having this kind of activity? Well, it's, well, it really started over a year ago. We started doing some. We started getting this, the show started to grow. We got on CBS and of course here in New England, we're well listened to, mm -hmm. and uh, we were. Um, uh, having you know Stan Friedman and uh, the usual suspects, you know, and uh, then we started getting into the Rendlesham business, which uh, just as if anyone doesn't know, it, twin NATO bases in Suffolk, England, 1980, uh, all absolutely amazing UFO incidents, landings, and it certainly right. ranks up there with Roswell, if not more important. And we had all the witnesses on, all the major witnesses, Colonel Halt and, and Larry Warren and all those fellows, and we did, uh, we have done it so far, 14 hours of shows on this, and it just. It, strange things started to happen, and as as you know yourself, Steve, and you know I, I'm I served in the military, did some strange things, and if if they want to take you out, you're gone. Of course, they don't have to create interference. They don't have to do any strange things. They don't have to send guys to your houses and vans. Right. They don't have to do any of that. Question is, why do they do it? It's more of an encouragement, I think, because it's like po poking you and prodding you into doing something, like trying to s intimidate you out of it, but uh, but trying to intimidate you into doing it even more. I don't know. Yeah, hey, we must be we must be on the right track if they're getting nervous. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. You say you had threats. Can you give me an example of a threat that you received? Well, some of them were email. Most of them have been emails, one or two phone calls. And this is over, over the last year, year and a half, and I haven't shared these with Bangs. I don't want to upset him, or certainly not with my wife. And I don't get upset by these things. You should know. No, that. I know. Well, you're, you've come a long way in the last year. Yeah. Uh, essentially, it was oh, uh, several have said, "You are close to the truth. Back off, or they're going to get you." Yeah, right. That right. sort of thing. 
Um, well, let, let me let me let me give your your listeners at least a perspective on this. Um, the my, my having been involved in this since '96 and now for 14 years. Um, the the last serious efforts to really mess with the the, in, the people in the issues in this field or the, the people in this field uh, was, ran from 19, late 1996 to uh, the, uh, near, near, near the end of 1999. It's about a three-year period. And it was fairly unpleasant. And I think I know the reasons uh, what trig- what, that, that triggered that. And But in the end of 1999, starting in 2000, it seemed to end. And by and large, it has been... Uh, not a factor for the last 10 years. Um, we know this because, well, first of all, I know most of the researchers, and generally if something's happening, they tend to tell you. Um, there have been few reports. The host of witnesses have come forward, of course, in the last 15 years, and there's been absolutely minimal interference with them, threats, intimidation, what have you. I'm not saying that someone's wife, not a spouse, might not get upset, uh, but I'm talking about interference from outside sources, particularly government. Um, and so it confirms what we believe to be the case in, the, in that within government, the, the, within the various elements of government that address this issue, the consensus is actually towards disclosure. That doesn't mean that everybody on every committee uh, is ready to disclose tomorrow, but rather the consensus, the majority, is to move forward. And with the majority in favor of moving forward toward disclosure, uh, obviously that makes it a little difficult for... Uh, those in the minority to go off and do rogue intimidation operations or overt disinformation or threats and what have you. And so overall, uh, we're kind of past that. Now, let me make a second point. This is not true of all areas. There are still various subjects that if you want to get into as a researcher, as a journalist, you can be in trouble. Uh, probably a classic example of this is the, the relationship between drug running uh, around the world and the CIA. You go into that, that, that room and you could be in trouble. And there are others, uh, which, which is simply to say that the, one of the, the, the natural outcomes of, of creating a vast secret empire is that it opens the door wide for abuse of power from any number of compartmentalized operations within that empire. So there's no surprising there. And until we reform the secret empire, this is going to continue, if not get worse. But with the new UFO issue, no. Now, in your case, I'm interested, and I, and I think, um, uh, first of all, let me commend you. Doing 14 hours on Rendisham and, and bringing all those witnesses on was a, a very significant uh, 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 effort on your part. Uh, and to be uh, applauded. Uh, this is uh, one of the most important cases. One could make the case of the most important case of our time and uh, ultimately could be one of the threads that unravels the truth embargo. And so by doing that, uh, you did attract some attention. Uh, unfortunately, in the, in the modern world with the Internet and everything else, where anybody can send a threat or anybody can pose, uh, it's very difficult to know when you're, you're getting something that's coming from a true authoritative source or government source or where you're getting somebody that's just out there uh, trying to make a case or make a statement or even have fun with you. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, though if a van put, put, uh, turns up outside of your door, and, and by the way, let me also say that after 60 years of interference in this issue, nobody should be uh, uh, faulted 
for perhaps mistaking a utility van parked across the street that's there to fix somebody's plumbing with possibly surveillance. I mean, we have more than enough reasons to be somewhat uh, 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 careful <laughs> yeah. and even paranoid yeah. about this. That's understandable. So we're going to we're going to miss understand some things but it's better to be safe than sorry and i encourage people to be on the lookout to be careful well we checked ids and they weren't from where they said they were that that sort of thing well let me just because we're almost out of time here steve i wanted to just ask have you ever had a ufo experience yourself no i you know interesting and and this is one of the interesting things about my trajectory here which I, i i think about a great deal um in the 14 i've never had a ufo experience i've never had contact i've never had a significant sighting and in the 14 years that I have been pursuing this advocacy, I have never been threatened. I have never been, there's been no act of intimidation or harassment. Uh, very possible I've been surveilled, meaning uh, phone surveillance or what have you. Uh, I've always assumed that, and I make no efforts whatsoever to encrypt or screen what I do. Uh, why that is, I, I, I can only speculate. Uh, and so I have to be careful because I may not. I may it may be not reflective of what some other people are going through. Though again, I can say I carefully monitor what's happening. And since 2000, there has been a minimal minimum a minimum of that kind of interference, which is a good sign. Because it, it, look, let me make it clear to your listeners: uh, disclosure is coming, and it is very close. And so we're kind of in the last days of the truth embargo with respect to the ET issue. There are other embargoes. That's another another matter for another day. And so don't be surprised if, as we get close to the end of the embargo that the that, that those the knives are being put back in their sheaths, preparations are being made to, to, to live in the post-disclosure world, and the government, not surprisingly, might get out of the, the, uh, the disruption business. Um, uh, this is, shouldn't shock anybody, and so I think this is just one of the many signals indicating we're near the end of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, where it's all going to go, whether we're going to have the massive reform movement we need to to redress the abuse of secrecy and power in, in not only in the United States but in other first world governments, uh, that it remains to be seen. It's, it's a matter of how much people are willing to invest in getting their government right, uh, yeah. but they'll have an enormous opportunity, I believe, triggered by the disclosure event, and one of the, the the, the, the goals of the disclosure movement is to get people primed to, to, to think that way and, and to start uh, joining the game here and getting involved uh, and, and see if we can sort of um, uh, restructure things so in the post-disclosure world things start working again. And, okay. and so there's a lot at stake here, and, and it's a political movement at its, at its core. And, but I'm fundamentally optimistic that we are moving in the right direction. Well, I hope you're right. And we're out of time, I'm afraid. And uh, just give your main website again so folks can uh, find out more. And uh, Everybody can get to me through ParadigmResearchGroup.org or just Google my name, Stephen Bassett. Uh, it all comes up. And you can find links to other reports, other uh, projects and activists and books and all kinds of stuff. There's a huge movement developing here. A lot of people involved, all good people. Uh, and I do believe we are going to prevail. And you guys are playing your role, and I admire you and look forward to coming back and doing your show again. Well, thank you very much, Steve. We'll we'll be in touch off the air, and uh, thank you for a fascinating conversation. We'll be talking to you soon. My pleasure. Very good. Okay, folks, before we end the show, I wanted to get to a quick news item here. Uh, A lot of people heard about the NASA revelation that supposedly occurred this past week. Uh, People were saying, aha, it's of interest to the ET community and all this business. Well, what it turned out to be, uh, was uh, the discovery of a, of a form of bacteria that can thrive on arsenic. Told you it'd be bacteria. I told you. 
Well, all right. It's like, oh yeah, we have a crazy revelation. Everyone's gonna love. I never said that. Well, that's basically what they were saying. Well, yeah, that's what they they were they were implying anyway. And this thing didn't even turn out to be on another. Pl- I figured, well, maybe maybe they they you know got some more microbes on Mars or something. But this was something that was in uh, what southern was it Southern California or someplace, mm. uh, some sort of um, uh, alkaline lake, and these things are feeding it. You know, and it just it. It makes me laugh because we're always talking about life. Life, in our experience, is everywhere, every when, in all kinds of different forms that we don't even suspect. And we crawl around on Mars spending billions of dollars looking for life that's like us. Well, what about life that's not like us? And they, everybody gets, you know, falls down in a faint and has the mystical experience when you find some kind of microbe that feeds on something we don't expect it to feed on. And I think it's laughable. I mean, it's wonderful to discover new forms of life. But our definition of life is far, far too uh, narrow, in my opinion. Anyway, so and this is, um, uh, again, NASA. And people were making fun of NASA because uh, they're so broke they can't even go to other planets. They have to look in California. Anyway, yeah. anyway so, uh, we uh, draw your attention to our website, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can buy my books, you can subscribe to our newsletter, or you can apply to become a reporter for our show. We have a number of reporters now. We have seven uh, who can call in and report stuff that's going on in their own area in the paranormal realm. Okay, so podcasts of all our shows are available at www.BehindTheParanormal.com. Well over 200, because we, we don't number the... The internet shows, really. We, we just uh, so there are lots and lots of podcasts to listen to. Uh, many thanks to our wonderful producer Craig Pelletier. We'll see you right here next Monday, December thirteenth, on WON twelve forty AM and ONWorldwide.com, when the guest will be our old friend, author, astrologer, and psychic medium Susan Shepard, and our subject astrology, something we've never done a show on before. I was going to say that. Sorry. And oh. <laughs> yeah, see, and our CBS Radio edition of. This Behind the Paranormal is on next Sunday, December 12th. My dad will take the hour to take us deeper inside his famous Village of Voices case to areas he has never spoken about before. And that will be at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, on CBS New Sky Radio in Boston, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Seattle, and online at www.newskyradio.com. And we leave you with a thought from that old sweetheart, Confucius. Quote, three things cannot long be hidden. The sun the moon, and the truth. Thanks for sailing with us on our cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.